You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. And here we are, another episode of Time to Revive. This is Mark Bird, and I'm the host of this program. Today is just like any other day in form of, I'm very excited. You hear me say that practically every week. The reason that I'm really excited is because I get to sit down and offer some insight, not just through me and what the Lord is speaking to me, but also through other people. And I think one of my favorite parts of this is that it's unrehearsed. I love when it's unrehearsed because then it's spirit led. Like we can't rely on our own notes or our own study or whatever of this. It's just off the cuff, down to earth decision to serve the Lord and do what Jesus told us to do. Open up your mouth and I'll fill it. The Holy Spirit will give you what to say. And on the program today, uh, my dear friend and brother in Christ, Buck Sutton from Lima, Ohio. Buck, thank you for joining me on the program today. Oh, man, Mark, it's a privilege uh, to be invited to be on this program with you, man. And I just I just want to say this up front. I love you and I respect you. And uh, I'm just, uh, man, I'm glad that God brought us together. Amen. Me too. And Buck, you know, we were just chatting a couple of minutes ago. And of course, like everything, man, there's always challenges and issues when you're in ministry and, and doing things. But the Lord has allowed our friendship to actually grow and blossom. And it's exciting because Today, what I want to begin to unpack, this series that we've been unpacking for several weeks now is this lifestyle evangelism series. And it's for people that don't just talk the talk. It's for Mm. people who also walk the walk. And Buck, just like this, I've known this about you. It doesn't matter, bro, if you're in the church building out of the church building, in your home, out on the streets, at the gas station, wherever you are, Buck, you live, eat, breathe, sleep this gospel thing. Because, you know, Jesus said this, it's the power of God unto salvation. And Buck, I thank you for coming back on. And I remember the last time I had you on, I said, hey, keep your ears on, bro, because I'm going to call you again and have you back. And here we are. The Lord saw fit to this being the day to do such. Without further explanation, further ado, Lord, I want to get into this with Buck today. Buck, I want to just begin with this question, just a simple question. Well, why? Why do you feel like it's important, Buck? to not have a faucet or a spigot to turn it on and turn it off, but literally to eat, sleep and breathe it. Yeah. I really think Mark, that when we look at scripture, let's just talk about mature believer, a mature believer. And when I say mature believer, I'm not talking about a believer that's been saved 50 years, a mature believer in this area of the gospel could be, they might just be saved a week, right? Yeah. Or six months. But, But when they really look at scripture and they see Romans chapter three, they see Romans chapter five, they see Romans chapter six, they see Romans chapter 10, and they see that all is born in sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. They, they see the scriptures over and over again that, you know, I mean, that God doesn't want anybody to perish. Right. And with the mouth, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
And then they see, so they, they see the gospel of what you were talking about, but then they see revelation. And it says that if a man's name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, he is cast into the lake of fire. Mark, how can we keep that to ourselves? Mm. How could we keep the gospel? Why, why is that not pouring out of us? Is if, if as a mature believer, we're reading in scripture that um, if I if I know Jesus and I have a personal relationship with Jesus, and I've been born again, that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven, why would I not get that to as many people as possible? Why would I be bashful about that? And then as I read scripture, and I am void of the gospel, I am void of the spirit of God, I'm dead in my trespasses and sin, and the Bible says that that I'm going to spend eternity in hell, that should be motivating a mature believer. And here's the thing, Mark, we should leverage everything that we have, right? everything that we have to get that gospel out all over the world. And that's what I'm seeing people do. That's what you see mature believers do is they're like, it is my responsibility for the ministry of reconciliation to get the gospel out there. It's my, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, there in, in Romans, when it talks about how precious are those feet, who is that preacher, right? That gets the gospel out there. Well, we're all the preacher. Right on. Right? We're, we're, we're all that person. So, so it's like, it's my responsibility to present the gospel to people in my family. It's my responsibility to present the gospel to people at my workplace. It's my responsibility to present the gospel in my area, my, my Jerusalem. And then it's also my responsibility to get the gospel all over the world. That's what the scriptures say. And you know this, the people that do that, man, they're the most precious people on the planet. And so that's my heartbeat. You know, it's like, Lord, allow me to do that more. You know what I mean? Like open more doors that I can, that I can, we can go through those doors that you open up, that you are calling me to take the gospel uh, to places it's never been before. And um, so it's funny that you're asking me this question because a year ago, we felt like the Lord was going to allow us to double in size. And I was like, man, how, Lord, how could that happen? So even in the last few days, we have found out that we're going to go from seven countries that we're in internationally to 14 countries. Yes. And, and, and the sole purpose of that, Mark, is exactly what this radio program is about. The sole purpose is to get the gospel to teenagers in those countries. That's it. I mean, that is the number one thing that we're to do. And God's making that happen. And um, it's exciting. It is, Buck. And, you know, I was thinking about this as I was listening because I know you and because I have a, a great relationship with you. You know, Buck, one of the examples that I want to share that is so related to this is when people say they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as you mentioned, a mature believer doesn't matter if you've been saved for 20 years or 20 minutes, 
Right. But when you have a relationship, a good relationship, like Buck, the example I'm going to share is your relationship with your wife. One thing I know about you, Buck, because I know you is because you have a great relationship with your wife. And when I see you and talk to you, what do you do? You talk about your wife. And that's because you have a relationship with her. So in turn, Buck, I want to ask those who are mature believers that would say, I'm a mature believer, but they never talk about Jesus. I would say, do you really have a good relationship? Because when you have a good relationship, like your love for that person overflows, it comes out of your mouth because as Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And Buck, you don't have to stand on a stage. Buck, you don't have to be on a stage to sit there in an alley and talk to me and tell me about how much you love your wife. Why? Because you've got a great relationship and you love her and you're pouring out of that. And so I'm saying this as an encouragement to Mm. mature believers. I'm not just pointing my finger at us, but I'm saying as a mature believer, if you have a good relationship, that should overflow out of your mouth and you don't have to quote unquote, be on a platform. You don't have to have a title to preach the gospel because, right. because that word that you're referring to in Romans 10 means to herald and herald, you know, newspapers are called the herald because right. it's like the Greek word for that is like reading a newspaper. It's making an announcement. Now we take it and convert it to the word preach. And then a lot of us shy away from that, but it's not about preaching as we know that in America, but it's about telling the good news. It's just about reading off the good things that Jesus has done. Now, one other thing, Buck, that I wanted to point out, and as I heard you share, comes right straight out of Acts 10. And this is where you're going, Buck, and I think you can probably elaborate a little more on this. But Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Mm. And what you're talking about, Buck, in the sign or the life of a mature believer, like how would you know that God was with somebody. How do we know? Of course, Buck, everybody goes right away to Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits, but what do the fruits look like? Well, listen, here's how you can share the gospel. Here's how you can preach the gospel. Jesus did by doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. How many of us know, Buck, someone that we run across in our daily lives. Maybe we don't even know, know them, but there's evidence in your and I heart as a mature believer, this person is being oppressed by the devil. And guess what? Jesus saw that everywhere and he wanted them to be free. Now, Buck, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, you're, you're opening a can of worms. And um, so <laughs> here, here we go. Yeah, brother. Um, I do think that we, we forget about Jesus's ministry. I mean, that we, I think that we forget that when we read the gospels, it's not just about Jesus going and selecting the 12, right. You know, and going around from village to village, preaching the good news. Right. But 
a big part of his ministry was also healing people. I mean, that was a huge part of his ministry is the power and the wonders of God. And then the other thing is what you just brought up. And we forget this. What else did he do? He casted out demons. So there was three things that he was doing. He was presenting the gospel. He was healing people and he was casting out demons. Well, a third of that is casting out demons, right? I mean, he cast out a lot of demons, a lot of spiritual war, what we call spiritual warfare, strongholds and all that. And why do we think that we're going to be different than that? Right. On. Why would we think that our ministry is different than Jesus's? So are we presenting the gospel? You know what I mean? To people that yeah. don't know, are we, Paul said, what I didn't come with persuasive words. Yep. I didn't come with just words. I didn't come with just, right. He said, I came with the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Amen, brother. So, you know what I mean? So are we, as we're proclaiming the gospel, are we coming in our strength or in power of God? Amen. If, if it's the power and the demonstration of God, then everybody will know it's not us, but it's him. It's right. It's him. And I tell you, man, even th- listen to this, as you were speaking, tell me if this resonates. Let's say, Mark, my wife writes me a letter, a love letter. And, you know, she's in another state. She writes me a love letter and I read that love letter and I and I keep reading that love letter. And this is what I've seen with people. Sometimes in the church, we fall in love with the letter, Mm. but not the person that wrote the letter. It's excellent. And there's a difference. Huge difference. There's a difference. I think that we have more people than what we all want to admit that they've fallen in love with the letter. And the person that wrote the letter is like, don't fall in love with the letter. Right. Amen. I'm the one that wrote the letter. Right on. You know I mean, fall in love with me. It's it, right. We call that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I know you're on it. And um, so, yeah, I'm personally trying to walk out the gospel. And, you know, the other thing that came to my mind the last time you and I were together, and I've been trying to personally do this, that when I'm out to eat, if it's breakfast, lunch, or supper, I try to take this Bible with me. It's a little personal Bible that we can hand out. And I'll never forget it. You remember we looked at that waitress and we handed her that Bible and you and I tag teams with yeah. her, you know what I mean? Talking about the gospel. Hey, do you go to church? Do you know, you know what I mean? And that's just fun. I mean, it's just fun. It's just an open opportunity that God gave us. We didn't force the door open. Right. You know what I mean? And I love what you're saying. Like, you know, hey, nobody's saying to force doors. It's just right. what are the opportunities that God is putting in front of you? that it's not in front of somebody else, it's in front of you, and that we would take that opportunity and that we would love them enough, that we would love them enough to share that good news of who Jesus is. And you know, Buck, I'm reminded of another scripture in the Gospel of John chapter 5, and he's talking to the Pharisees. And Buck, this is so exactly what you were just describing. And Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he's saying, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. It's the letter. Like, it's exactly what you were saying, Buck. And then he goes on to say, and these are they which testify of me. 
Yeah. And this is my vernacular here, Buck. And I'm saying, he's like, you're reading the scripture to learn more. And I'm standing right in front of you. <laughs> that's right. Like, I'm the writer of the letter. Yeah. And that's how you describe that. It's like, how offended would our spouse be like, oh, honey, this letter, this letter, this letter. And your spouse is saying, but no, it's, it's me. It's me. It's my heart that wrote that, right? Yeah. It, it's just that redirection. And I heard a, a sister share this yesterday. It's missing the mark by 18 inches, yeah. right? Sin is missing the mark only, right? But missing the mark by 18 inches, the distance from your brain to your heart. And yeah. that's a huge miss right yeah. in this. And this is what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees right here, man, you're searching and searching. It's almost like I could see them going through the scrolls and reading them while Jesus is standing right there. And he says, these are they which testify of me. These yes. scriptures are telling you about me and I stand yes. here before you. And yes. so uh, that's just a powerful thing of how we can miss it, Buck. And I think what Jesus is really saying, because it all boils down to this, it's a matter of the heart. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, and I, I think, too, when I spend time with the Lord, and this is what I have noticed, when I spend time with the Lord and I'm, I'm spending time in his word, I'm spending time in his presence, Mark, God gives me this unquenchable passion. Right to talk about him to people. I mean, I, it just burns in my belly. I mean, I, I can't help, but I'm, you know, I mean, in my mind, and, and I know it's the spirit of God. I know it's not me because in and of myself, I would not be this way. Right. Because right? I mean, right. All of us want to do the American dream. All of us want to you know, do this, that, and whatever. But when we spend time with the Lord, then there is this passion that God gives us how can we get this gospel to more people? This message that changes lives. The greatest miracle of all is a conversion. I mean, that, I is. Mean, that is. is the greatest miracle. I mean, you can bring somebody back from the dead. You can heal somebody that's paralyzed. You can bring sight back. You can bring hearing back. Uh, you can bring a withered hand back. But nothing, nothing comes close to matching when somebody accepts Jesus Christ, when they go from death to life, when they go from, from hell to heaven, right? I mean, from the, the family of Satan, to the family of God. So there needs to be an excitement in us. You know I mean? If the Bible says that when one person accepts Jesus Christ as a personal savior, that the heavens celebrate. Amen. You know, when, you know what I mean? And I, I don't think, Mark, I don't think that's a little celebration. No, I, no. I really don't. I think that that is a, a huge explosion in heaven. Right on. And, and did I tell you one time I was at a funeral and the gospel went forward and people got saved at this funeral. And I just, you know what I mean? I'm just telling the listeners digest this. Right. And, and um, I just, you know what I mean? I, I just got this middle picture as this was going on that the person that had died was in heaven. Mm. And there was this huge explosion and a celebration. And the person in heaven was like, man, what is this? And an angel looked at that person and said, that's your funeral. Five people just got saved. Amen. <laughs> Amen, know? right? And that person would be just 
you know, going crazy, right? Exactly. I mean, they would just be, they would be celebrating with the heavens. And, and I think as we put in perspective how precious this gospel is, how amazing that it is. And I, I just think, how can we keep that to ourselves? Exactly, Buck. How, you know, I mean, like, how can we not be loving people? you know, enough what the scriptures say. And it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, Mark, while you were reading that scripture. Why did Jesus get so upset with the Pharisees? Right. Why? Because the Bible's real clear in this. They were leading people away from the father and the son. That's right. Right. They were That's leading them away so- from salvation. Yes. He's like, if you knew the father, you would know me. And right. if you know me, you would know the father. So they were leading people away from the father and the son. That's right. And, and, and so that's why he got so angry with them. And you, know, you don't see Jesus getting angry as anybody right. to that level like he did them. Amen. You know, so I get excited when people accept Christ. I get excited, man. There's nothing better. It's a, it's, isn't it interesting? You know, when we talk about like your sports team wins or this, that, and whatever. And a lot of times the next morning, you know, you're just kind of like, whatever. But right. I've noticed this spiritually when somebody accepts Christ in the evening, when I wake up the next day, man, I'm still jacked. Oh, I mean, yes. I'm still, you know, that next morning, I'm like, oh, Lord, this is good. Yeah. This is, you know what I mean? Like, thank you for, for allowing me to see that. Thank you for you know, partnering. I, I, you, you're asking us to partner. Right. God asked us to partner with him to bring people into his kingdom. Amen, I mean, brother. That's, what an honor. Yes. What an honor it is. He's, you know, he's not using us to do that. He's partnering with us. He's asking us to come in and partner with him to build his kingdom. So, yeah, so I, we could go on for a long time. And, and- <laughs> <laughs> Good, Buck. and that's why I said, keep your ears on, man, because we got more to cover and we still have more to cover. Buck. And, so, and I told you, man, this with the new format here, it goes on and on. And next thing you know, you blink and wow, are you kidding me? That much time has flown by. One thing I wanted to point out, I want to pick up on something that you said, Buck. And what's so amazing about this is, we get jacked up. We get excited. And the reason that you said, man, the next morning, I'm still jacked up. I'm still excited. It's because the celebration is a spiritual one, That's right? right? And that celebration going on in heaven that we partake of is not a party like the world has, and you wake up with a hangover, but it's a party in heaven, man, and you wake up even more refreshed. But listen, I want to share just quickly out of Luke chapter 10. And the subtitle for this in my, in my Bible is when Jesus sent out the 70 and it says the 70 return with joy, just like you're describing Buck, like they were pumped up, totally fired up. And it says in verse 17, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us Mm. in your name. Right. This wasn't the 12 disciples or the apostles. These were 70, which were mature believers, but they returned with joy because the demons were subject in your name. And he said to them, oh, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But nevertheless, this is what I want to pick up on, Buck. I want to share this with the listeners today. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, 
that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Buck, it's exactly what you said. It's the salvation, the miracle of salvation that we get to partner in. And Jesus didn't say, don't rejoice, but he said, make sure that your focus is on your salvation. Make sure that you're grateful, thankful that I've provided you a way of salvation. But nevertheless, he does tell him, I have given you that authority. He's not taking that away, but he's saying, make sure that your focus, guys, is on me, the Mm -hmm. author and finisher of your faith. Buck, it's so amazing when you partner and that how you're describing, like, why do you wake up the next morning and you're still just as jacked or maybe even a little more? Why Mm -hmm. is that? Because the Holy Spirit is at work with us. Right. And man, he's so good. Yes. Amen. You know, there's a lot of great things. You know, the Bible talks about it. There's a lot of great things that you can, you can do with your life. Right. But nothing compares to the value of, of leading a soul into the kingdom of God. Nothing Amen. compares to that. Nothing. I tell you, years ago, there was a movie and this hit me so hard. There was a movie called Schindler's List. Yes. And Mr. Schindler, you know, at the beginning, he was a businessman and, and he was about, you know, just making money. You know, he had a, he had a, a manufacturing business and, and the Germans made him, you know, they, they made him start making things for, for war. And so uh, they were like, hey, why don't, why don't you use some Jewish people to do that so we can make more? And, and so he, he started, he fell in love with the Jewish people and he started realizing if he could get them employed, and, you know, working that, that they wouldn't go on the train, they wouldn't go to the prison camps. And then he started bribing the generals to get more workers. I mean, he was, he started leveraging everything that he had. And at the end of the war, all of his savings account, all of his checking account, everything, he was leveraging everything to buy off these German generals and colonels and, and everybody and captains. Right. To get more and more. And at the very end of the movie, he started to cry because he had a brooch and a watch. And he realized if he would have sold the watch, he could have saved two more lives. Amen. And um, may that be said about us. Amen. Right? He went you know, about doing good, didn't he? He went about he doing good, Buck. And I think that, you know, I mean, are we, Mark, are we leveraging everything mm-hmm. that we have? Everything that we have to get the gospel out there, our time, our resources, you know, our talents and abilities, you know what I mean? Are we, are we doing that to build up the kingdom of Jesus Christ? I think that's good. And uh, unfortunately we have to wrap up with that buck, but you know, I'm, I'm also sitting here meditating on the fact that I believe this is a call to repentance to the (laughs) church, to you and I buck. And Mm -hmm. to the whole church, because we do have to ask ourselves that, Buck, are we leveraging everything? Jesus didn't say, give me half your life. He didn't say, give me three fourths of your life. He didn't say, give me seven eighths of your life. He said, man, if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. Buck, I think every mature believer needs to ask themselves, Mm -hmm. am I giving it all to the kingdom? And for our King, 
Uh, Bucks, thank you so much, bro. I'm going to say the same thing I said on the last program. Keep your ears on, bro. We got more to unpack, more to discover. We're growing every day, brother. And uh, I pray that the listeners today got encouraged or even maybe a couple toes stepped on. You know, Buck, I know my toes need to be stepped on very frequently. Me too. And so I pray that it's an encouragement. The Holy Spirit uses it to encourage our hearts to do more for Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Again, we'll be back next week. I'll have a different guest, but I'm so thankful that God has made a way through this program to just speak to you and share in real life, practical application. But we're not the greatest preachers on earth, but we're just, you know what? God didn't call us for that specifically. He just called us to share the gospel and his great love with everybody that we come in contact with. Thanks for tuning in. And you've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.